Our first lesson this evening comes from Psalm 96. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. God is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in God's sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due God's name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. God will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the fields exalt in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for God is coming. For God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all those in the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. 
when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Holy Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be receptive to thee. O God, our strength and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. So the stores are finally closed and the churches are open. Thinking about all that that means, a friend of mine told me a story the other day that came to mind in all of this, and it's about a young family. Young family that may be yours or may have been yours or may be one that you know. Busy about the Christmas season. All of the rush that goes into that, all of the missed deadlines, all of the just missed things at the store. Oh, we sold the last one yesterday. All that went into the anxiety of the time that went over into the children now and then as a few expletives came out of the mouths of the father and the mother in the ears of the little children in the family. Their frustration was clear and obvious. The miscues, the missed appointments and the like and, the, and all of the busyness of the season. And so Christmas Eve finally came. And the mother sat down with her daughter to pray. She couldn't have been more than six, the daughter that is. And as they prayed, as they always do, the little girl said, forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. <laughs> what to speak of on a night like this that's unlike any night of the year? What to speak to on a night like this that recounts events unlike any in human experience? What to speak to on a night like this of all nights that seems so familiar and yet asks things of us unlike any other night? I can't speak to the history of this night. The facts of the events of which we tell are curious in some ways. They're covered with traditions and customs and busyness that sometimes reveal and sometimes hide the history of what this story tells. What was this census that Augustus called asking men to return with their families to the villages of their birth to be counted? There are no secular accounts of this, though there may still be reason to say it happened. And who was this Joseph who returned to his family village with his pregnant fiancée Mary 
to obey these orders from Augustus. We know so little about him, except for the portrait that scripture tells of a man who was dutiful, faithful, and in the end, loving. And where did they stay? We imagine them, do we not, in, in some separated stable given to them by an innkeeper who took pity on a young couple totally unprepared for this momentous night. We imagined them alone in that stable and until the shepherds came for a moment or two and, and then the wise men too, some point along the way, and, and of course, the angels. But the story doesn't really say all of that. There's reason to believe that the no vacancy sign wasn't over an old motel. There's reason to believe that it was simply about an already filled guest room in a simple family home and the manger, a trough carved from rock where the animals slept and ate. But I, I can't really speak to that. Now, nor can I speak to the shepherds who came except for their care or the wise men for that matter, they're their own puzzle or the angels, I've not met one, at least not yet. So no, I can't speak to the history of this night, but I can speak to its meaning. I can speak to the core of what we remember this night. For what we celebrate in all of this is both unique to one night in historic Palestine so long ago and is true every single night repeated over and over again. It's meaning always there for us to look for and to find and to grasp. God comes into the night to small places, to ordinary places. God comes into human effort, human struggles, human worries, human joys and excitements in blood and sweat and panting and weeping and receiving and laughing and giving thanks and washing and holding. God is birthed in places contested, foreign, overpowered, anxious, God creates family, provides safety, and gives courage. God comes into the middle of a story that is already unfolding and provides the missing chapter. As C.S. Lewis said of the life of Jesus, that he is the chapter that changes everything we thought we knew about the story of life we thought we were reading. And he changes everything, too, about the story of life we thought we were writing, if we let him. So the meaning of this night is simply and beautifully this, that God came and God comes 
and God will come again in ways we might not expect. Now, I can't speak to the history of this night, but I can speak to its meaning. And let me also say that I, I can't speak to the science of this night as much as I wish I could. I can't speak to immaculate conception or virgin birth. I can't speak to mysterious knowledge. I can't speak to a star up in the sky guiding strangers. I can't really speak to the science of this night. But I can say for myself that I, for one, have come to believe it all. I find no reason not to. For I have seen too many inexplicable things, and I have been part of too many inexplicable events, and maybe you have too, to still think that science excludes miracles or that reality has no wonder, or that the Creator cannot do an unprecedented thing. God is still God, and God creates. That I can say. And so the beautiful truth of this night is indeed that all creation is born of its Creator, and that Christmas remembers that the creator of the vastness of all things recreates, redeems, reconciles, reaches out, and touches us. So, like this baby Jesus, no, because of this baby Jesus, we too can be born of God's Spirit. That's the truth of Christmas. And so I might just add a third, if you'll let me. That as much as I can't speak to the history of this night, or to the science of this night, I also can't entirely or fully speak to the pain of this night. For if you look closely at this story, you can see that Christmas Eve unfolded when Herod was the titular head of a puppet government and Palestine was under occupation. Jealous, childish, violent Herod, who would not tolerate rumors of even a baby who might threaten his power. He forced this small family we call holy to become refugees in their own land, fleeing for safety. This story is a story not just of angels and gifts and beauty. This is also a story of more difficult realities and of tremendous courage. It is a story of dependence on God in all things. And so this night can still expose the world's pain to us if we listen well. In Bethlehem, even today, among those for whom the painful parts of this story resonate all too closely, and for all of us for whom the salvation Jesus is born to bring us feels 
urgent. This story can reveal our own lives too. As some of us celebrate with less confidence in tomorrow than we'd like. When seeing the great beauty of this night, I can't fully speak to its pain, but I can speak to its promise. Yes, I can speak to that. For tonight, we do see the future. Tonight, we do see what unfolds in every moment of every day in this strange, beautiful, and terrific world we live in. We see the future in the look this child gives his mother, this child born to save. We see the future in the light that this child shines on all around him and on all the world, this one born a child and yet a king. By the power of this one birth, we believe all creation can be reborn. Every future is uncertain in its own way, even yours. Yet every future is known by the love who made time and will never abandon time, who made you and will never abandon you. Forces of death cannot conquer this love, nor can they swallow this love, nor can they overwhelm this love. That is the promise of Christmas. And so finally, let me say this. Each one of us brings our own life to this night. We bring our heart, we bring our mind, we bring our hopes. We bring our happiness, we bring our worries, we bring our ways of seeing things, we bring our openness, and we bring our resistance. I can't speak to the effect of this night on you, nor should I. But I can speak of its power. For in this night is meaning, and in this night is truth, and in this night is promise, and nestled in the manger is power to bring that meaning and that truth and that promise to you. I can speak to that, and we can sing to that. Merry Christmas, friends. <laughs>